Hi there. Welcome to React DC Radio, a podcast about refugee resettlement. React DC provides compassionate, comprehensive, and cost-effective resettlement assistance for recently arrived refugees. We work with newcomers on the ground level to enable them on a path to self-reliance and integration into their new lives in America. From a newcomer's first steps on a U.S. soil, React DC is there to reassure them that while their journey here was difficult, their resettlement doesn't have to be. We provide nationwide resettlement support for sponsorship and wraparound assistance for refugees, visa holders, and parolees in the D.C. metro area to help newcomers thrive. We value partnerships with nonprofits, businesses, and a core group of community and volunteer members supporting our mission. We're on the ground supporting refugee resettlement and helping refugees prepare to stand on their own. In today's episode, we'll welcome back our former Family Services Director and current COO, Molly Sepulveda, and introduce you to our React Core Program Manager, Ali Brown, and two of our incredible beneficiaries turned case aides, Hamid and Muhammad. Ali is a military spouse, family advocate, and substitute teacher in Arlington, Virginia. During her many years of activism, Ali shaped and developed policy for the Virginia Department of Education as part of the Military Child Education Coalition and was selected for U.S. Senator Tim Kaine's Military Family Roundtable, which informed the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee on various issues affecting military families. Ali previously spent 11 years as a software engineer in the telecommunications industry. As a mother of three, including two children with special needs, and a survivor of 14 military moves, Ali more than knows how to be resilient, resourceful, and ready. She is a passionate advocate for both refugee and military families and has experience engaging public officials and senior organizational leaders, especially on issues related to families with special needs. Allie has been with React DC since the beginning, from day one of home setups to serving as our family services specialist to her current position as React DC's React Core Program Manager. Hamid joined the React DC team in February 2022, overseeing the employment department and managing the employment program to directly support and assist React DC's clients in job acquisition in order to become self-sufficient. From 2002 to 2021, Hamid worked alongside the U.S. government in a variety of positions, including Program Manager for Security Assistance Office Combined Security Transition Command for Afghanistan, U.S. Department of Defense, Visa Assistant for the Consular Section U.S. Embassy in Kabul, and Visa Unit Liaison with Afghan Government Ministries. Hamid has received numerous awards and recognition for outstanding performance supporting U.S. missions in Afghanistan. He earned his master's degree in Management, Administration, and Leadership from Cardin University, Kabul, Afghanistan in 2016. Hamid has strong communication, interpersonal, and translation and interpretation skills in multiple languages, including English, Hindi, Persian, Pashtu, and Urdu. Muhammad arrived in the U.S. through a circuitous route. After leaving Afghanistan, he crossed Iran on foot with his ailing sister on his back, lived as a refugee in Turkey for four years, had his departure delayed due to the COVID pandemic, and finally arrived in the U.S. in the fall of 2021, not speaking a word of English. His family was one of the first React DC beneficiaries after being connected through his resettlement agency, and within months, he'd become the head of household at the age of 21, working multiple jobs, teaching himself to drive, and learning English at a breathtaking pace. After overcoming incredible odds and enduring devastating heartbreak, Muhammad inspires everyone he meets with his positive attitude, quick smile, and desire to serve his community and fellow Afghan brothers and sisters as a case aide with a local resettlement agency, where he quickly promoted through the ranks due to his determination, work ethic, and engaging demeanor. 
Molly, Ali, Hamid, and Muhammad are here to talk about the React Core program and how it is helping provide essential social services support for unsupported DC metro area newcomers, including benefits enrollment, material goods distribution, and community resource and referral. We'll discuss how our Family Services Department evolved into React Core, Molly and Ali's roles from the early days to now, Hamid and Muhammad's experience over the last year to include resettlement and their working relationship with React DC, go over the highs and lows of their positions and responsibilities within and without the organization, discuss the one thing they wish people knew about resettlement, and then end with a favorite memory and what they're most excited about in the year to come. I'm your host, Devin McEwen. Welcome back, Molly. And thanks for joining us, Ali, Hamid, and Muhammad. Let's introduce you to our listeners. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Ali Brown. I am a military spouse. My husband's retired Air Force. I was an advocate for military families while we were in. I have three kids, <laughs> one in college, one about to go to college, one in high school. I used to be a singer in a rock band in South Korea. I am an amateur photographer, and I like to run marathons and hope to run my first ultra next year. Hamid, why don't you tell us about yourself? My name is Hamid. I'm from Kabul, Afghanistan. I was born in Kabul in a military family. And after completing high school, I started college and I earned my bachelor's degree in business administration and my master's degree in management and leadership. I'm married. I have five kids. I serve the U.S. Department of State and Department of Defense as a local employee in Kabul, Afghanistan, in different capacity as a program manager for Combined Security Transition Command Afghanistan with the Department of Defense and also as a visa assistant uh, with the consular section at the U.S. Embassy in Kabul. Welcome to the show. Mohammed. tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Mohammed, and I'm from Kabul, Afghanistan. I'm a graduated from the school from Said Nur Muhammad Shamina and after passing my concur examination, so I started my university at University in English literature, but after one and a half years, so I supposed to leave Afghanistan to went to, to Iran, and after Iran, I just went to, to Turkey because lots of problems that I had in Afghanistan. Well, we're so lucky that you're here. Thank you for joining us today. Molly, we know from episode one that you have been with React DC from the very beginning, starting with the very first home setups. Ali, when did you come on board with the React DC team? So like Molly, I was there from the beginning. I saw Amy Morden, our CEO, I saw her post on Facebook, just jumping in like she had contacted a resettlement agency and found a way to help. And I showed up that day and that's when I met Molly and Amy and I think resettled two families that day. It started all of us just sitting at home watching things unfold on TV. My husband had served in Afghanistan and we literally were speechless. We couldn't even talk to each other because we were hurting so badly and we knew we needed to do something. And so actually my husband jumped in as well and we have just been on a journey ever since. You know, just there's only so much you can do being overwhelmed by your feelings before you realize you need to take action. Absolutely. And React DC is lucky to have you Thank on you. board from the very beginning. <laughs> yes, we are. Hamida Mohammed, as much as you're comfortable discussing, tell us about your journey to the U.S. and how you first got connected to React DC. Hamid, we'll start with you. When Kabul collapsed to the Taliban hand, I was active U.S. Department of Defense, SISTIC, Combined Security Transition Command, local employee, and they evacuated me and my family to the United States. I arrived to the United States last year in August 2021 as a big military evacuation process to the United States. And then after spending a week at the New Jersey Fortex military base, we came to Northern Virginia. And we referred to one of the resettlement agencies where initially there was 
relationship started with React DC. So that was the first time I was referred to React DC by one of the resettlement agency in Northern Virginia in October 2021. And React DC did the home setup for us and I had many questions and no answers. React DC helped me. I met with Amy Martin, the director for React DC. And first question I asked her, can you please help me with a job or is there any office that I can apply for a job? After a couple of weeks, I got an email. I was invited for interview from React DC. And after interview, I was hired by React DC as an employment director. And then I was, and I'm still very, very excited about this position because I can have this as a platform for me to help other brothers and sisters who came from Afghanistan because I know the language, I know the culture. So as an employment director with React DC, my job is to help and support and assist React DC's beneficiaries in navigating the job search process in order to become self-sufficient. I take them out to their job interview, I search for job for them, I reach out to other business companies or agencies or other organizations to see if they're hiring Afghans or especially new arrived Afghans and then I connect them with those hiring agencies. And then I help them take them to their job interview, I help them develop their resumes in a professional way so that they can get the job easily. You have been an amazing asset to both us and the resettlement agency that you're working with. Mohammed, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to get here and how you got connected to React DC? Yes, so after working for about four years in Turkey, we are approved by United States of America as a refugee visa. So we came in United States on 16th of September, as I remember, after staying for about 20 days in the hotel of struggling, getting foods and everything. So we got our house and uh, we met right Molly and also Amy was there that they set up our house, but I couldn't speak English at all at the first day that I met them. They were struggling to letting me know what's going on, but I was trying to speak English, but I couldn't. But after that day, so I tried and seeing YouTube videos and everything like that, I was started to learn more and get to know what's going on in the United States. It was very hard first days after a while. With the helping of Molly and Amy, I got a job. I started to be used in the United States and everything. Molly, tell us about when you first met Muhammad. We met their family on the base of the apartment that they were staying in, and like he said, we couldn't really communicate. We used a Google Translate app, and we were trying to take furniture up, engage the space that they were used to, and we learned that there was a lot of stuff that they had gone without. They hadn't had adequate food, but we just really connected with the family, and we followed up with them over the next few weeks, and it became apparent that there was some more support that they needed. And eventually, we handled the school enrollment for his younger brothers, and some medical needs for the family, and later Later on, there was just some more intense support that we had to provide them. And while the resettlement agency was working to provide it, they didn't have the capacity to meet the need as great as that. So we stepped in and we really took up that cause. And I'm happy to say that it's been a year and two out of the five of them are employed and one is going to school to learn English and they're on their way to self-sufficiency. I think they're much happier than they were this time last year. And it's been a pleasure to get to know their family and walk alongside them in this journey. So that's the meat and potatoes of this interview, is the walking alongside our beneficiaries. So that is, in essence, the React Core program. Yes. So let's talk about what it looked like a year ago and how it's evolved into what it is today. 
I think a year ago we were all still trying to figure out what it was supposed to look like. I mean, there was no guidebook for this. This was a humanitarian crisis. And we had people coming and we had a resettlement program that had kind of been decimated in the previous years. They did not have the staff to meet the need, but it came and it came very suddenly. And as military spouses, I think Allie and I can fill out any form as thrown our way as you can, Devin. And we know how to navigate a lot of government agencies. And we had a population that was coming from a very different culture with there was a huge language barrier. They had very large families. And so there was a need there and we could fulfill it. And so we tried to rise to that challenge as best we could. And we started in the space of mainly home setups. Mm -hmm. And then we realized very quickly that they needed help further. They needed help with benefits enrollment. And the benefit system in the United States might make perfect sense to you and I, but the language is very nuanced. It's very specific. There are a lot of rules and regulations and it's very difficult to pluck someone out of a very different culture and say, fill out this form when it just doesn't even look the same, even if you just take away the language issue. So we tried to help them alongside that. And there was a lot of programs out there that would say, well, you need to go to this department and fill out this form. But we tried to go with them and kind of hold their hand through that process. And I think that alleviated some of the stress, built some confidence that they could handle those tasks. And we didn't really have a specific set of this is what we do. It was kind of what is needed and how can we help. And I think that's still where we function today and still where we want to function tomorrow and in the years to come. I would totally agree a thousand percent with that. We didn't even know what React Core was at the beginning. And we built, we did one thing, then we did another thing. And then we realized the vastness of the needs. There's so many. I'm still learning. Every day something new comes my way that I've never had to tackle before. But these are all core services that if you don't have these, your family can't get on its feet. Parents don't want to try to find a job until they have their kids in school. There's preschool aged children. The parents need those services. If you don't have your health, you're not going to be thinking about finding a job. So all of these things, first and foremost, that we tackle these and get them where they need to be in a good solid foundation so that they can move forward with their lives. And at the beginning, you know, it's especially hard with the forms because we had English language barriers. And I just can't even imagine as a military spouse, I've moved like 15 times and had to get my kids into new specialists and new doctors and everything. And I didn't have the trauma and everything that they had to go through before having to tackle those things. I just had to unpack boxes for six months and find new doctors and find a neighbor that would be my emergency contact. <laughs> so, you know, I think all of us that are military spouses get how important it is to get that foundation set up as quickly as possible so we can move on to, mm-hmm. you know, our lives. Mm-hmm. So our elevator pitch states that React Corps' mission is essential social services support for unsupported D.C. metro area newcomers, including benefits enrollment, material goods distribution, and community resource and referral. So talk to us a little bit more about how you've seen that happen in your personal experience, Muhammad and Hamid, working with both React D.C. and the local resettlement agencies in your now profession. So when I first arrived in Northern Virginia, I was living in a temporary house called Airbnb and the resettlement agency paid for that. And after a week, I visited my case manager at the resettlement agency and I was told I have to find a house for myself and for my family. Then I had to walk around, you know, I couldn't use public transportation because I didn't know how to use it and because we didn't have a pass 
to use for public transportation and we didn't have a bank accounts to use order ubers or eat at the restaurant because everywhere we had to pay and use a credit card um, especially for ordering uber and transportation so i had to walk for hours and hours to look and search for houses and meet so many leasing offices to see if they helped me rent me a house but unfortunately the requirement was very very tough because i had to have source of income that i didn't have and also the credit card so when i was at the resettlement agency to receive cash assistance to pay for my food and stuff like that because I didn't have snap or food stamp card or nothing no Medicaid, nothing. And then I met with one of the lady that she was voluntarily working for that resettlement agency. Her name is Betsy. So I met Betsy and Betsy helped me a lot. So I was there and meanwhile the resettlement agency offered me pans and dishes so I could pick up some dishes for kitchen appliances. And then I was wondering who's gonna help me to provide transportation to take all these dishes to my temporary house. And then Betsy offered help and she said that well I have a car so I'm gonna help you take all these to your house and then the relationship started from there and then as an American woman she offered me so much help in different capacities including she went to that leasing office talked to them about getting the house for us she became my co-signer and then she helped me with the hospitals she helped me with so many appointments take my family and my kids to their doctor's appointments because when we arrived here we experienced a lot of disease there was like rashes because we used to wear clothes that we received from the military at the military bases and then my kids they had rashes all over their bodies we had to see the skin doctor we didn't have a Medicaid and so Bitsy used to help pay for those fees and get the medication for my kids and once we move into that house then I start looking for the car I now I need a car because without car in the United States you cannot do anything almost. it's really hard and tough especially taking care of the doctor's appointments, taking your kids to the hospital, going for shopping. There's so many stuff that you need a car for routine life, including job. And then she became my co-signer again to get the car. And even she helped me with the down payment. So she's like an angel in my life. And now she almost become a grandma for my children. And she's a mom, almost a stepmom for me because she's helping a lot. Even she knows like when is the vaccination dose. And she, she texts me in one week in advance, like, Hamid, we have to take the kids to the hospital because they're gonna receive vaccination next week. Their booster, their flu shots. She's taking care of everything. She got that calendar in front of her and she's looking through that calendar every day. So when there's winter time, she comes and pick up all the kids and take them to a very nice store to get them winter shoes. So last year she bought shoes. And then this year, again, I say like, well, they're brand new shoes. We don't need more shoes because we have it from last year and it's still there in a good shape. She said like, Hamid, you don't know kids are growing. So <laughs> after two months, if they need new shoes, you know, then all these stores will be running out of nice shoes. Let's go get them just to be on a safe side. So she's really great. She represents the United States and she did a great job for me and for my family. And I cannot thank her enough for that. And I owe her. And it doesn't matter that the U.S. government is not helping me here because I helped them in Afghanistan as an interpreter, as a program manager, different position I served with the U.S. military and the State Department in Afghanistan. But one person can represent the whole country. She proven that United States, that's land of opportunity, but that's land of humanity too, you know? Mm -hmm.
So I met a lot of people at the stores, at the grocery store. I met a lot of people out on the public transportation. I met a lot of people in the parks. So when I share my story that I was evacuated from Afghanistan and then everybody offers me help. Everybody says like, what do you need? Do you need something that I can help you with? I mean, that's great. That gives me and my family a great feeling. Now my kids are going to school. Some kids, they could speak English, but now they're all fluent in English. So my youngest kid, he is 10 years old. So when we came here, he was nine years old and he didn't speak any but now he speaks the greatest English in the entire family because kids they pick up English quickly so everybody's happy my kids are very very happy my wife she's very happy she goes to ESL classes she's learning English and I'm working with React DC I can help other people who came here because I've been through that road and experienced everything and I know what they are looking for I would like to thank React DC for the all wonderful and humanitarian support that they did with has countless time I can name them Molly she helped enrollment process she helped me in enrolled all my kids in different schools, elementary school, middle school, and high school. So there were a lot of paperwork that I need to fill out those forms. So I didn't have any clue about how to fill out those forms. There were a lot of forms that they required vaccination record. I didn't know how to fill out all those vaccinations. So Molly helped me with that. Holly and her husband, Jason, who came from the military background, and he was in Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan. So he served in Afghanistan too. And then again, I met with him here in the United States, and they helped me set up my home. They got me one of the beautiful and the largest sofa <laughs> furniture that I couldn't find in the United States. So for my family size, we have a total of seven, including me. So I was looking for a sofa or couch that we all can fit. So Ali and Jason and Molly and Amy, they found a couch, which is enough for almost 14 people. <laughs> and we were very, very happy. And that's still a, that's a, in a good shape. And they provided everything, beds and everything, because we used to sleep on the floor. And we didn't have anything, like for kitchen stuff, they cut the rest of them, the vacuum cleaner. And there were so many other wonderful home appliances and equipment that they helped with that. And also they helped me with the hospitals. Like once Molly helped me to apply for public benefits. So Molly applied for SNAP, Medicaid, and cash assistance at the beginning. So with her help, we used to receive monthly SNAP and also Medicaid and uh, cash assistance which was great. So without these people, I don't know what would happen to us, but from the bottom of my heart, I would like to thank every member of React DC, Molly, Ali, Amy, and also their respected husbands <laughs> who came voluntarily to help with the home setup with everything. I have to jump in here. One of my greatest memories of Hamid and his home setup is, like he said, his youngest son did not speak English, but he was a similar age to my son. And so children can communicate on a lot of different levels. And when we're struggling to get this couch in this house, I look out and his youngest son is playing soccer with my son. They're not talking, but they are as friendly as can be and just having fun and bonding over the fact that they're both outside. It was a beautiful day. We couldn't have asked for nicer weather the day we moved them in. And that really encompasses, you know, everything you need to know about resettlement. Mohammed, why don't you tell us a little bit about your personal experience working with both React DC and local resettlement agencies? When we resettled in our house after a couple of days, we were struggling to get food because our documents were missing. I was struggling to contact my case manager. He wasn't answering my phones and I was like, okay, our house needs food. 
we are family of six living together we don't have anything to eat right now but one night i called my case manager and the case manager told me that okay i'm gonna send you food but that night we didn't have anything in our house for eating especially my little brothers that they were sitting down and there was nothing that i could provide to them that they can eat i called my case manager the case manager wasn't answering my phone so i texted amy that okay there's no food in our house and there's nothing that we can eat so it was at 8 p.m that amy called me and said yeah send me some groceries the other thing was hospital for my sister because my sister was disabled and she needed lots of treatments and the transportation and everything i had lots of problems i needed to make an appointment i need to go to the doctor appointment but there was no transportation available i couldn't take him by public transportation i couldn't take him with a bicycle it was just i need to take him with a car that i couldn't afford to buy a get a car with uber i didn't have any uh, credit cards or nothing, I was trying to reach out my case manager to say, okay, I have a problem, I need to take my sister to the hospital because it's an emergency. But he was not answering my phones at all. I called Molly that, okay, my sister has an appointment, so I need to take her to the hospital. I was struggling for about eight months for transportation for my sister. It was very hard to take my sister to the hospital. I was struggling with all Medicaid, SNAP, and also my social security because when you don't have any social security, no one will hire you. So I got my social security and after a week, I started working for a, finding a job, applying for a job. I got the job, in, I think in December, but I got hired by Safeway, but it was giving me a hard time in Safeway too because they are giving me up to 20 hours per week. And it was not enough at all for my family. I was always at my office, at my manager's room and I was like, give me more hours, I need this because I'm taking care of all my family. So about five of my family and help and I need to work. I can work for about 50 hours per week, that's fine. But just give me hours so I can take care of my family, take care of my sister. After a while, I was working in state for about six months. I was the job fair that provided by there. As you see, I just saw Amy was there. And Amy introduced me with someone by the name of Asma, who just interviewed me for sent for humanity as a case aide. And they just sent me to ACDC to work as a local development agency. I worked for about five months and I got hired as a case manager at ACDC. I'm now I'm helping other refugees, Afghans that are coming in the United States and helping me get resettled. And when I'm just resettling them and I was like, okay, there was no one help me to resettle. I'm so thankful of Molly, Amy and also Ali that helped me in being United States, applying for my benefits, getting my social security now, getting my works done, taking care of my beloved sister and everything. I'm so thankful of Ria Tours and Jack DC. Tough talk. So we like to keep it realistic around here. We talk about the highs and the lows, but we start with the lows and then go from there. So let's talk about the lows in your resettlement journey and also in working in resettlement for you, Ali and Molly. This can be both your personal journey and your experience with React DC and resettlement professionally. We'll start with you, Ali. What are some tough moments that you've had over the last year working in resettlement? One that would cover all of it is I was raised by my mother who instilled in me from a very young age to always have a purpose larger than yourself, help people around you. She showed that in everything she did. She modeled that perfectly for us. So when you have that desire to help and funding's not there to help you do it, it just goes against everything that you want to do. So I would say that that is our biggest challenge is not having either the volunteers or the funding to be able to do everything that we want to do and to help every person in every way that we see that they need help. What about you, Hamid? What were some tough moments this last year? The tough moment as a refugee here and newly arrived Afghan refugee was finding jobs for other people, reaching out to different organizations, stores, companies, restaurants. The problem is like most of the Afghans who just arrived to the United States as a part of military evacuation, 
they don't speak English. They don't know the culture. They don't know how to use even map navigators and stuff like that. So that could be a big challenge and it could be a big barrier for Afghans who just arrived and they don't know nothing about this country. And then obviously the hiring agencies, they're looking for people at least they speak English. So most of the refugees who just arrived, they don't have a driving license and they don't have cars. So hiring agencies, they're most likely hiring those people that they have a driving license and they have a car transportation because they need them to get to the job site on time. And also they need to speak English. So finding those positions for those new Afghan refugees was very, very tough. But still we work it out because I found construction company that they hired people disregard of if they know language or not. They even help provide transportation, come to their house and pick them up and take them to the construction site. And also some restaurants, they hire new Afghans that they don't speak English, but they could work at the kitchen. So those things was really tough for me in finding a job, but obviously I always, as a new refugee, listened to React DC members who guided me the proper way to reach out to companies to request to hire the new Afghan refugees as an employee. Mohammed, what about you? You've had quite the journey. Yeah, I can say one of the tough situations to be in from last year was taking responsibility of five other parts of your family and you can't do anything. Or like taking care of your beloved disabled sister that she needs treatment but you can't do anything. I was staying nice, crying and saying that, okay, give me a way, show me a way so that I can help my family. I can't imagine my journey in the United States without React DC at all because everything and everything happens with me. I was texting Molly, I was texting Amy that okay I need help with that because I can't take care of it. It was very hard, it was a very tough situation but nowadays I'm very happy but I can't take care of the new refugees that are coming in. I'm so happy with that but I had a really bad tough days back in 2021. You've really shown a spirit of paying it forward, overcome what you've overcome, and then to give back to your community. It's a really beautiful thing to see in React DC, and your community, our community, is so lucky to have you, Muhammad. Thank you. And then Molly, moving from family services into your role now, you've worked in the nitty-gritty of resettlement for the last year. I know you've got some tough times to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I think probably the tough times have outweighed the highs, and that can be very devastating and discouraging day in and day out. It's very difficult when you get calls and texts, and you know that something should be done, but your hands are tied. There's just certain things you cannot do. I can't make anyone do things faster. I can't make government agencies run better. And I hope that just being able to be on the other end of that phone has provided some sort of comfort. Obviously, the past year, watching Mohammed and his family navigate the illness of his sister was very difficult. It was difficult on me because I cared so much about their family. It was difficult on me as a mother because she was the same age as my son and it was a very painful process and I know it was for his family as well. I promised myself I was going to cry. Sorry you guys. But it was really, I was very humbled to be able to stand in that spot for them as I have been. And I think Allie can attest to this for every family. To be the person that they call when they need something, it has never been a burden. It has been something that I hope we have been able to do well enough to do justice to what they did for our country over the last 20 years. But it is very hard. It's hard to see them struggle. And I remember sitting in the social security office with Sammy, who you spoke with previously, and watching this very intelligent, very eloquent 
eloquent man struggle to fill out a form. And I think I've talked about this before. He had a very, why can't I do this? It's very hard. The loss of identity when you hear the stories of their lives in Afghanistan and what they've had to go through. Refugees do not come here because they want to. They have lost their home. They have lost their lives. They have lost family members and the trauma that has been inflicted on them. Not only growing up in a war-torn country, but just with the evacuation, the stories that I think a lot of people aren't even ready to talk about. And it's something we can't relate to. And it's something that I don't know that we've paid enough respect and validation to. And so to hear those stories day in and day out and see them struggle to make their lives here by no fault of their own, it's hard. It's hard. It's definitely lots of lows. But then as we do with everything, there are highs. There are a lot of highs. And when Muhammad got his job and seeing where he was pushed into be the head of his family at a very young age after a very traumatic journey. And he's met that challenge like I couldn't have. And to see him navigate the workforce and to just be so organized and get his brothers to soccer and get his mother to work. And he taught himself to drive. One day I was like, okay, so now we need to take you to the DMV and figure out how to get your license. He's like, I already did that. And I'm like, okay, well, that's amazing. But can you teach other people how to do that? Because we need help. <laughs> and so seeing the resiliency and seeing not only the support that we have given them for them to make strides, but also the amazing things they've done for themselves. It's awe-inspiring, and I hope they will continue to be mentors for the Afghans that are coming and will continue to come because they need that, and it's something that they recognize in their own culture and their own people and in their own language that we cannot provide as Americans, and we're happy to support them in every way that they can, but they will be much more effective in that role than we can be. I just want to jump in there too with Mohammed. I have seen you grow so much in a year and never once ever did I hear you complain or anything in a situation where I would have been complaining all day long. You had so much on your shoulders and I'm just personally so proud of how you took your family through that storm and still are. And you're definitely the man of the family and your family is very lucky to have you. And the strength that you showed and the courage that you showed is something I know I could never do. And I'm very proud of you. I know I tell you that all the time, but I have to say it again. So as we talk about resettlement in real life, what's one thing you wish people knew from your experience, both working in it and living in it? So Allie, we'll go with you first. What's one thing you wish people knew about resettlement? What you put into it, I mean, you know up front, this is what I want to do. I want to share, I want to help these people. They have such a great need. You have no idea how it fills your soul. What you get out of it lasts you a lifetime. I already have a lifetime full of happiness in my heart from the things that I have seen. The lifelong friendships that I have made in this process as well. I mean, I'm just looking forward to watching these kids grow up and becoming senators and all the great and wonderful things they're going to do. But Afghan people are truly beautiful, kind, generous, thoughtful, wonderful people that I have so enjoyed spending time with. I have so enjoyed getting to know them, all their family members. I love when I see a family and the kids come out and give me a hug. And I get to see when they have their first day at school and the parents send me that picture. Those are the memories I'm going to hold on to for the rest of my life. And if people would just know that you don't have to have previous experience I certainly didn't. If you had asked me two years ago that I'd be doing this, I would have been like, oh my gosh, I would know how to do that. But everybody's got skills and everybody's got talents. And if you just give one hour of your time, somebody can use that hour. So that's what I would say is I just wish people would know that you don't have to have experience to step in and help somebody. You'll walk away with a lifetime full of memories and you'll change your life, but also theirs in the process. And just don't be afraid to reach out and start volunteering. 
I mean, what about you? What's one thing you wish people knew about resettlement? From a refugee perspective, it's not only the resettlement agency. Once you introduce to them, they become a member of your family. They will share whatever they see around. If there's an event, if there's a job fair, if there's a help, if there's a bank food that offers food for the refugees, if there is any organization give out clothing, shoes, or outfit, or stationery, or anything, they just share with you and notify you that, hey, on this date, there is an event, and they're going to give out these things, which is great. So we don't think they're on the resettlement agency. They are our family members because they take the responsibility to act, which is a great thing. And we are very, very proud that we were introduced to React DC and now we are a family member because we don't have families here living in the United States, especially in northern part of Virginia. So when there's any birthday or celebration or something, we invite the resettlement agency members so that we can celebrate. So they value that party and they show up time and they celebrate it with us together. I know they have their own families and they have their own work and job and responsibilities at home, but still they're trying hard. They take care of our kids like their own kids. They treat them like equals. So we're really, really proud of them. What about you, Mohammed? As I had a tough situation on the settlement agency in the United States and now as I'm working as a case manager of the, as a local resettlement agency from bottom of my heart I don't want anyone else to go through this situation anymore and I'm working full time as a case manager for the resettlement agencies and I'm very happy and I will be so much happy to be a volunteer for the rest of the night or if it's possible for the weekends to help other refugees to get what they need and don't go through this bad situation. Molly what's one thing you wish people knew about resettlement? There's a lot of things I wish people knew about resettlement. I think first and foremost that it's not easy. There are a lot of things in place, but those things don't always work well. COVID has exacerbated everything because so many programs that were offered, they're closed, the wait lists are full because the whole world was hurting. And then we have humanitarian crisis on top of that. So there are a lot of offerings out there, but they don't work as well as they do on paper. And we have a huge amount of newcomers that have arrived in Northern Virginia and really across the United States. And they're going to continue to come. This is not over. They will continue to come for the next decade. And we want to get as many people out of Afghanistan as we could. I know everyone would like to get their family members here so that they can begin new lives here in a safe place. And we want to support them in doing that. And it's not easy. It takes time. It takes money. It takes government agencies talking together. It takes across party lines. It's very difficult to maneuver this and it's of no fault of anyone but we need to work together we need to hear these gentlemen's stories and we need to ask other people their stories Hamid and Muhammad have fantastic capabilities in sharing with other Afghans what they've been through and there's a lot of healing in that when they share their stories and they come together to know that you know I went through this and I went through this and I came through here and they can kind of support each other in that effort it's just something that we cannot provide as Americans we can try but we will fall short I think it's important for us to listen to people's stories and I wish more people would ask when you meet refugees ask them what their story is ask them where they came from want to get to know what that experience is like because I really do feel and I've said this before if you know their story it's very hard to look away it's very hard to not get involved and to take up that task and this probably doesn't have anything to do with that but Hamid has been a family member since I met him and I know when he got his first job his first thing that he wanted to do was to host a party and invite all of us there 
to give us dinner and celebrate with us because we were his family. And he put on the most glorious spread. His wife and his daughter are the most fantastic cooks. It's not even fair how well that they fed us that (laughs) night. And we had so much fun. We had music. We sat on the giant couch. We talked and we laughed. And you really did feel like you were in the company of family. And my kids were rolling around on the floor with his kids playing on the iPads and and playing video games. And it was wonderful. And if you had told me two years ago that I would have been experiencing that, never would have believed it. But that is what is being offered. The people that have come, they want to build a new community here and we can give that to them. If you are willing to take the time to hear their stories, to help them where they need help, they will embrace you. You will never ever meet a more hospitable people than the Afghans. Mm -hmm. And I think Allie and I can both say that we have probably gained more than they will have ever gained with us. I could do 25 home setups for Muhammad and Hamid and I still will have gotten more from them than they will have ever gotten from us. Let's end on a high note. Let's keep talking about those favorite memories. Allie, what's a favorite memory that you have about the last year? So I have two. The first one, if you've listened to the other podcasts, you've probably heard. But following last year, we invited Sammy and his family. It was the first of two that we resettled on the very first day. And we had uh, his three girls, and we had Sammy and his wife over, and we introduced them to Halloween. And it was amazing. And I have two boys who led the way, showed them how to do trick-or-treating. At the time, the girls didn't speak any English, but you would never have known. They had the best time. My son played video games with them. They just all laughed and talked for hours. I have no idea how. It's amazing to watch children communicate in that way when they don't speak the same language. Mm-hmm. You know, video games tie everybody together. But that was afterwards, after they had already come home. We ate tons of food. We had tons of chocolate. And watching their reactions the first time that they were seeing, like, costumes go by and saying, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Is that, like, a horse or is that a guy <laughs> with, with a horse body? Like, how, how does that work? It is a memory that my husband and I just truly cherish and my second favorite was at our one year point we got together and we just celebrated we didn't work we didn't talk about work our react dc family our beneficiaries and we just had a wonderful time just together just being us and just realizing that these people are our family lifelong friends that that bond will never be broken and it was just it was amazing to be in that space with everyone together and realize like how far we've come in a year sometimes it seems like it was yesterday but it really does feel like we've accomplished quite a bit in one year and to see them so happy and doing so well is wonderful those are my favorite memories i mean what about you do you have a favorite memory from last year that sticks out there were a lot of memories from last year that we experienced. Since we were new to this country, there were a lot of holidays, including Halloween, Thanksgiving Day, and Christmas and New Year. So um, last year during the Thanksgiving Day, we were invited to Molly's house. And it was our first Thanksgiving Day that we celebrated together. My family, they got along with Molly's kids, my kids, and they played outside and they went to Molly's basement where she had all these music instruments, including guitar and everything. So even my daughter, she didn't know how to play guitar, but she was still, you know, playing guitar just to make (laughs) the noise. And it was great experience and uh, we had good food in there. She prepared dinner and that was one of the memories that uh, we still carry 
carry that as a first experience in the United States. And then my family and my kids, they start knowing what's Thanksgiving Day and what's Halloween. And also, just a couple of days ago, we were invited to one of the events prepared and organized by React DC. Halloween, my kids, they all participated in that event and they really enjoyed. They got a lot of cookies, um, candies, you know. <laughs> so they met a lot of wonderful people and customs and that was a great experience. And even it was early morning when I asked kids who's going to the Halloween party. So all kids, they stand up and they say like, Daddy, I want to go. And I took them there. They enjoyed. They stayed there for like two, three hours and they really enjoyed to play all kind of games and at the end they brought some candies to home so that they <laughs> share with their mom and the rest of the family. So these are the great memories that we still carry from last year and it's been adventure, new experience and we're still very, very excited to learn more about the custom and culture in the United States. Mohammed, what about you? Best experience that I had last year invited by an American family for a Thanksgiving meal. It was the first event that I went there and it was an American family. It was so exciting and also I was I had no idea what was what's going to happen on Thanksgiving. So it was very good night I can say because I saw my brothers were playing, playing video games, going around and enjoying it and also the delicious food and also the American family provided how of meat that I was <laughs> so proud that okay they know what's our culture and what's our religion and they're providing and how all foods are just so great delicious foods, good night. And also there was another special thing that I can say, seeing my brothers going to school for the first time in the United States, because in Turkey it was very hard to take into school, but now in the United States our brothers went to school and they were loving it, they were learning English, and now they are so much happy. And you, Molly, what's your favorite memory from the last year? I have a lot of them. I think my favorite memories are the little wins that we get over the day-to-days. I know Hamid has texted me his son got an award at school and just the thought that he thought enough to share that with me or when I hear that one of the families is doing well, they got a job, those things are all really important. They're my favorites because they give us the energy to keep going and they don't come as often as the lows but they do come and when they come it very much underscores this is why we do what we do. This is why we help and this is why the days that are challenging are worth it because they just got their driver's license and now they can get a job and now they're on their way to building their lives here and we were a part of that and I really enjoy those moments. I loved when we got Hamid's wife a Christmas tree and he sent me pictures of her decorating it. It was awesome. His wife, she just makes the most beautiful things and when we had our one year party, it was sort of like something I was doing in the background and Amy said, Hamid's over decorating and I was like, but I was going to do that and then when I get there, I was going to put like some confetti on the table and maybe like a little flag and she had made this huge balloon arch and they had (laughs) themed candy and this gorgeous cake and they had gone above and beyond and they wanted to do that for us because we had done it for them and they wanted to be a part of that and then just having that party with our case aids that we resettled almost all of them and teaching them the electric slide which was (laughs) very difficult (laughs) but harder than you remembered we we just had such a good time yes the time war yeah we just had such a good time it was a big party and it would not have been the same if they had not been included in it and the fact that they embraced us so openly it means the world I mean it really does we have gained more family members than I could probably even count and I'm very humbled and honored to be a part of that and finally what are you most excited about in the year to come 
we have a lot of families that we just started on this journey with, but like Hamid and Muhammad, we have been with them for a year now. And so watching where they've gone, I know Hamid has a son that's going to be graduating high school and seeing him do that and listening to his plans for the future. And it's exciting because that was a hard thing to kind of grasp a year ago. There was just so much we were dealing with to even think about the future beyond tomorrow and next week was difficult. And so he's not only thinking about his future, he's thinking about how his future can not only support the United States, but he can give back to his family and his country back in Afghanistan. And that's exciting. So just to see that progress and to be able to celebrate those milestones with the people that we were working with a year ago that were in a very different place, and then seeing that evolve for the people that are just now arriving or have just arrived recently is very exciting. That's what I'm most excited about, to continue to see that progress and to celebrate those little wins with them and more Thanksgivings and more birthdays and the two-year party and the three-year party. So I'm very excited about the next year because my son is going to graduate from high school and he's going to join the Air Force. We're very, very fortunate because we have received our green cards and now my son can apply for military or Air Force. So he's very, very interested to serve in the United States Air Force, to serve the United States people, you know, because United States helped us, resettled us here through REACT DC Resettlement Agency, and now my son is going to pay that back, serve the United States, not only a few groups, but the entire nation. So I'm very, very proud of him because he has decided to do that, and we are very, very excited because this is the first time my son is going to graduate from high school and he's going to join the Air Force and serve the United States nation. And through that United States, maybe he will be able to serve worldwide everywhere as the United States is called like international police <laughs> I can go to fly to any country to support other people so with that say I have another son that he's very very interested to join the Marines so he's very very intelligent guy and he's very tough and he's doing martial art right now he's doing kickboxing and he's very professional so he's gonna join the Marines so almost like encouraging all my kids to do this because I know at some point all these military people they will be needed they helped us that was the US military who helped us evacuated us from Afghanistan in a very very worse situation that no commercial flights could take care of that so they provided the aircraft jets to patrol around the Kabul city to provide security in order for the C-17 aircraft to take off and there was chaos going on at the airport people were running rushing getting into the airport to get out of the country because without any fight or war our government collapsed to the Taliban and we were not prepared for that situation and because I work and serve for the US government in Afghanistan and I was active so they called me they said like Hamid you and your family need to come to the airport now this is the time that you need to leave Afghanistan because it was really really tough for us to openly leave in Afghanistan because as a consequence of my employment with the US Department of Defense and US Department of State for almost 20 years so there was zero chance for us to live in Afghanistan so we had to leave everything behind and come to the United States with just a small backpack so I'm very very proud of my family my kids they made a huge improvement they made a huge progress at school. They're all doing great jobs. They're not busy with their cell phones. <laughs> They're focusing on their lessons and everything. And they know the value of being in the United States. And they know the value of being at the school. Because the teachers, they treat my kids like they're kids. They're personal kids. 
So my kids are very, very satisfied. My kids are very, very happy with the school teachers and the way they treat them because they never got that treat, you know, from Afghanistan teachers because Afghanistan is different and the United States is different. They do value to kids in the United States and they are listening to the kids. They are motivating kids to become leaders in the future and they can independently decide for something. So I'm very proud, I'm very, very excited about the new year and I will share the progress with you guys accordingly. <laughs> we can't Sounds wait to good. hear. Thank you. Thank you so much for chatting with us today and introducing our listeners to all of you and to React Core. On behalf of the React DC team, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for everything you have done for our organization and for our beneficiaries over the last year, and we look forward to all that you have in store for the year ahead. To learn more about React DC, please go to www.reactdc.org. That's www.reactdc.org. Or email us at inforeactdc.org. Links will be posted in the episode description. To help support React DC's efforts, Donate now to have an immediate impact in the lives of refugees. Donations support families in need and ensure support for families still to come. React DC is a tax-exempt, nonprofit organization under Section 501c3 of the Internal Revenue Code. Your donation is tax-deductible to the full extent allowed by law. Donation link in the episode description. Thank you for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe to hear our next episode. And until then, thank you for your support, and we look forward to broadcasting to you again soon.